this is people's first impression of me and I don't want to be, you know, the girl that blacks out on a staircase, but sometimes that that's just how it is. and I'm a girl with a kidney transplant who will be talking to other young adults with chronic illnesses and disabilities on this podcast. During the pandemic, we've been discounted as some say young people aren't at risk, but we are. Our representation in media is limited, romanticized, and almost never accurate. Sometimes it's hard not to feel like the odd one out. This podcast is here to change that. It's here to make us feel less alone. Today, I'm here with Sophie Sirkin, a sophomore at the University of Texas at Austin. Hi, Sophie. Do you mind telling everyone a little bit about yourself? Hi, my name is Sophie. I'm a second year arts and entertainment technology student, and I've had some experience with chronic illness for a while. I was diagnosed with celiac disease and postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome back in 2018, I believe. It was um, the summer before my my senior year of high school, so it's been about a good three years now. I always forget that it's 2021, but I've been studying at UT for about one and a half years now. So yeah, tell me about when you were first diagnosed and how everything kind of happened. Um, I ended up in the ER one night because I was having like really bad pain. It was like heartburn, but like times 10, right? Like that really like burning pain. And I was admitted to the ER and did a lot of x-rays and stuff. And they found that I had had like intestinal damage. And they're like, wow, it's just wheat that's literally destroying your insides. And that was like my first diagnosis. And then I kind of, um, a couple months later, I got referred to cardiology um, because I was still having some um, symptoms that I had originally attributed to, you know, celiac, my body recovering, things like that. And um, my cardiologist was like, nope, that's not celiac. That's something that kind of happens with it sometimes, apparently. Um, So I got diagnosed with POTS during my senior year of high school. Yeah, take me back to that first night in the ER. Like, you were in high school. That must have been really scary. It it definitely was. Um, honestly, at that point, I was I was really freaked out because I just I woke up in the middle of the night. It was like one or two in the morning, and I had it. Literally, felt like there was like fire in my like intestines and like oh my god basically like all the way up from like my stomach to my mouth I was like oh my god this is terrifying because I'd never really like I had a lot of my life I have had like random like aches and pains stomach aches were common IBS runs in my family right so everyone's like oh you're just probably lactose intolerant or something you probably just are fainting because you're a teenage girl, right? You have anxiety. A lot of it was attributed to my own mental health because, you know, I do have anxiety. I do have depression. A lot of those things have some psychosomatic um, symptom manifestations. And so a lot of that was attributed to that. But I had never felt anything quite like that before. And I waited like an hour or two with this like really bad pain because I didn't want to wake up my parents. I was like 15 or 16 at the time. I didn't want to make a huge deal out of it, but they were like, you need to go to the emergency room. So I ended up going there and I was a little bit, a little bit scared. But at that point I had, I'd I'd been to so many doctor's appointments that I didn't really have like a fear of IVs, needles. I was just kind of sitting there like, 
well, they gave me pain medication, so I'm fine now. Just, I was kind of more annoyed that I was like up at five in the morning with all these x-rays. I also, I remember I had a French test in the morning at eight o'clock. So I was like, I hope I'm going to be like awake and functioning in time to take this French test because I don't want to stay after school to like retake it. I was more concerned about my French test than I was the fact that like I had like full on intestinal damage. Like, I don't, I don't know what was wrong with me in high school, but that was just how it was. So I was kind of more afraid about like the the circumstances around that than like the medical event in of itself so yeah I definitely feel that I feel like when it first happens it feels like something that's not a big deal and you know you can assume that your life is going to keep moving forward as normal and then it doesn't so I mean I get it and you know going off that I feel like I struggle a lot with internalized ableism. You know, sometimes I feel like I'm not doing enough and like I'll like blame my health for it or something like that. Do you ever feel like that? Or like, have you ever felt like that? You know, I think I I do really think that a lot of the time I struggle with, you know, my, my dad, he's, he's an immigrant from Turkey, right? I kind of have had this work ethic drilled into my head that like he's worked so hard for me and my family to be here in the United States that like I need to be working constantly I need to pay it back to him all these like experiences that he's given me because he immigrated here and he worked hard I kind of have that hanging over my head a lot and I'm like I sometimes have to take a step back and realize you know I'm I'm not my dad. I have different physical, I have different mental, emotional constraints that maybe, you know, there are completely different scenarios. I will never understand what he felt moving here, but you know, I I can only work what I am capable of working of and I think I I have grappled a lot with like these feelings of like worthlessness, that I'm useless, that I'm freeloading because I'm not because it takes less for me to work myself to the bone. And I kind of, I think a lot of the time I feel like my own experiences aren't valid because they aren't as hard as what other people are going. Like, I'm like, oh, I can't possibly be exhausted because I'm not working three jobs, breaking my back, right? Like I I tend to uh, delegitimize my own experiences because I'm like, oh, I can't possibly be working as hard as I can be, even though, you know, I have different circumstances than other people, I feel like. I'm really sorry. I I can say I kind of relate in some ways. Like, I know they're different, but that feeling, that feeling that, you know, how can I complain when I see all these people doing all this work? Like, I feel like it's so easy to give into, especially when we're already under constraints that are not the normal constraints. But you are so valid. Oh my god, thank you. I'm like, it, it's been a hard pill for me to swallow that I'm never going to be working three jobs and like biking to Alaska and like raising $10 million for charity, right? I've just kind of had to had to be like, you know what, this is my life. I'm going to do the things that I can do that will make me happy in doing so and just kind of accept that maybe my typical isn't going to be the same as everyone else's typical. You know, I know we talked about this a bit, but like, how does your chronic illnesses or both of them (laughs) affect you on a daily basis? Oh, man. Um, So for me, being a college student, mobility was definitely a struggle going around campus. Like, 
I know for a lot of people walking like three miles a day, but just between classes is like, oh, that's just like a day's workout. But for me, it was really rough. So I don't have any downtime. Like normally when I would walk to a class, I'd try and get to the building early because it takes me like 15 minutes just to kind of recover, just to be like upright, drink some water, like just kind of get my heart rate down and feel feel like I'm like in a good enough mindset to actually focus on the material being presented. How has your life changed since the pandemic started? Are any of those changes more drastic because of your chronic disease? Oh, man. You know, I didn't even think that when the pandemic started that it was going to affect me too much as it has because I was like, oh, you know what? It's like two weeks. We got an extra week of spring break. We're going to be fine. Nope. Life on hold for another year or so. Like, I didn't realize really how difficult it was going like the struggles of being chronically ill specifically until I moved to my apartment in West Campus. Something that I've struggled with a lot because I'm like, I, at first I used to get a lot of like envy for other people. Cause like right across the street, I live right across from, it's like Zeta Beta Ta. It's some big frat house. And every weekend there's huge parties going on. And I look outside the window and I see all these girls walking past in no masks, all these dudes blasting music. And I'm like, you guys are the reason that I've had to barricade myself into my apartment. But then I also like, I understand that like, that's something that I choose to do personally for myself. And like, you know, maybe I shouldn't have to do that. But also part of that is me making the choice for myself to kind of care, care for my own safety. Because at this point, I know that UT government officials, the people living around me might not be doing that. So I really kind of have had to take that into my own hands. But it's definitely been isolating and it's kind of hard because I'm a very I'm a very social person myself like I do not do well with isolation and having to kind of force myself to willingly be in a situation where I've isolated myself that's been really hard for me mentally yeah for sure what do you think your favorite thing is that you've done since you know the pandemic started just like your favorite thing you've been a part of that is a really good question. Um, honestly, I, I found more time to work. I have a part-time job that I love. I'm a student community manager for the AUT department at UT. I found that, you know, now I actually have time to like emotionally and physically invest myself in a part-time job because I, I had held part-time jobs in the past, but I'd usually quit after a certain time because like the physical demands were, I just can't stand for five to eight hours a day without feeling dizzy. And sometimes it was like, at, I used to work as a Starbucks barista and I one time passed out over a freaking blender. Like that is a major safety hazard, right? So just finding more jobs that are accessible to people who maybe don't have the same, um, uh, what is it like physical <laughs> that that just aren't able bodied and can stand for like the typical um, five to eight hours that a part time job that you know most college students take in something like food service, right? Like that those jobs just weren't accessible to me in the past. So finding something that fits with my chronic illnesses that I work and I enjoy working, I think that's been like a really big thing for me. Yeah. You seem really passionate about work. Tell me more about that. Tell me about your passions. Ooh, so that that is true. I have found, so right now, um, my job, I'm an AUT community manager, and what I do is social media management. So I am running an Instagram profile 
for the AUT department. I my focus is on digital visualization. I do I do digital art, animation, that sort of thing. Very passionate about it. I've been doing digital art since I'd say fourth grade, and now um, I've been into um, like VFX and CGI animation, and I've been kind of working along those lines for about five years now. I'm part of like an editing studio as an extracurricular, and I now am, I'm actually in a position of leadership in that organization now. So recently got promoted to um, something in that, which is really, really, it's a really big thing for me because that was like my main hobby throughout like high school. It was very important to me and like the people that I've met have kind of encouraged me to keep going even through all of the struggles that I've had. No, that's great. I love that. How do you feel like your experiences with that have been combined with your experiences, like, you know, with your chronic illness, with the way you live your life? Do you feel like they've impacted one another in any way? Ooh, honestly, definitely, because I have had to take long hiatuses from the things that I love for, you know, more personal health reasons. And I think that's definitely one of those things that frustrated me a lot when I was younger was I was like, why am I spending time like, laying in bed being unproductive when I can be doing these things that I love and the things that make me feel happy because I was like this is the stuff that I wanted to do from like my future right and I'm kind of being separated by that because I could barely get out of my bed to go to my computer right in a way it was also like very therapeutic to just kind of be able to draw and kind of express those kind of feelings that I had in a more like visual manner so it, it's it, I've definitely done a lot of like art that's kind of reflected on my experiences in the past it's just a very um it's it's something that I do as a hobby right it's very therapeutic stress relieving in a way to kind of express those feelings in a more visual manner sometimes than like screaming into my pillow for me that's always like art is it's something that I'm passionate about but it's also sometimes a coping mechanism 100 percent. wow you know going off that I guess what do you feel like you've struggled with the most Oh boy, I can definitely talk about this. Um, it's It was embarrassing for me for a, a long time, actually, because I would, you know, I hated being the kid that had health problems and the kid that would just kind of be like, I, like I, I hated the idea of like othering myself with something that I couldn't control. And oh my God, last year before, um, before everything shut down, this is in like February, 2020, um, we were doing, um, I got into a spirit group. I'm in Texas Blue Bonnets and we have our big kind of um, party to like get everyone in and we're all in, we're all in like brunch dresses and it's all cute and we're in the SAC going up to, you know where that top ballroom is. We're all kind of in a line and we're all going up this line and I fall over and black, up, black out on the stairs. This is the first time that like I had met any of the girls in my class too. And the first thing they see is me just like passing out on the staircase. I was like, it was so embarrassing for me. I was like, oh my God, like this is people's first impression of me. And I don't want to be, you know, the girl that blacks out on a staircase, but sometimes that that's just how it is. And most of, honestly, the, the people that I surround myself with are pretty, pretty understanding about it. Like, I don't really, I don't really get too much crap from other people that I know, like, I, I can just kind of explain it and I'm like, hey, like I have this, I have this medical condition. It's, it's, it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. Like I, I got this, but sometimes it's like me, you know, falling over. One time it happened and I fell over in a potted plant 
in the Starbucks in West Campus, they had these like big potted plants outside and I'm just like laying on the deck and I was like, it's fine. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna get myself back up. But like, it does kind of social gatherings, although they're not too big of a thing right now. Those in the past were kind of difficult because I, you know, I avoided going to frat parties, things like that, because I did not want to be unconscious around people that I did not trust. So I would kind of avoid a lot of these, you know, larger gatherings where, you know, like going to six, things like that, you know, I really would want to make sure that I'm around people who know my situation and that I can trust because I wouldn't want to put myself in a situation where I could possibly endanger myself, whether via intoxication or passing out and just being around people that I knew weren't going to have like my best interests in heart. So that's kind of has shaped a lot of my social experiences in college, especially high school. It, it did as well because, you know, I wasn't really involved with sports, extracurriculars, like anything that involved a lot of walking around was going to be a no-go for me. So I wasn't really in any like major organized um, clubs and things like that. And, you know, in college, you know, social gatherings tend to be a bit bigger on the party scale. So no. Do you feel like your friends have helped alleviate those feelings? Have you told them that you feel like that? Mm, I... <laughs> I normally don't honestly I just kind of I'm like no it's fine like everything's good like I I tend to kind of minimize it a lot of the time like I, I don't want to like it's, it's hard to get to get me to open up because I'm like I don't want to cause problems for anyone that's like my big thing is I don't want to be like the problem friend so I'm like oh like just just do whatever you want like don't don't worry about, like I, I genuinely don't want the whole day's plans to be like focused around me like if all my friends wanted to go to olive garden and eat pasta and croutons on their salad like i would be like yes let's go to olive garden i'll get a diet coke it's totally fine and that's that that's my own choice though because i'm like even though i'm not part of the group it's more valuable for me to be included with them socially than it is taking part in that experience so i'm like it'll be totally fine like i don't really have a huge preference but um i don't really open up to them about I guess the the shame part of it just because you know I am embarrassed I don't I don't want to make things a bigger deal than they already are and I feel like a lot of the time I inadvertently am causing problems just with my existence being a little bit more messy sometimes I already feel bad enough for passing out on like the middle of the street in San Marcos that that happened once we were all at a thrift shop and I was with these two girls that I literally never met before and I just you know, go down in this thrift shop and like, that's their first impression of me. I was like, this, this is a semi-regular occurrence, but this is not like everything that goes on with me. I promise I have other characteristics besides passing out in thrift shops. <laughs> yeah. I just want you to know that you're not alone because everything you're saying is hitting so hard. It really is. Cause like, there, you know, it's, it's a struggle because you don't want to be, you, you don't want to be that person. And I, I, you know, even when I can't control it, I end up being that person. And I'm like, I just want to tell all my friends that I'm sorry. I wish I wasn't like this. I wish that our plans weren't constantly derailed by me just like blacking out on the floor wherever we go. Like, I wish I could do like long walks on the domain, hiking. I cannot hike to save my life. I wish I could do those sorts of things and be part of those experiences with you. But you know, sometimes that's not always a very feasible thing. And, you know, it's nothing that there's not really much I can do to like control that. But 
thankfully, a lot of my really good friends have been super accommodating of that. And they've been like, hey, you're not, you're not feeling too well. Why don't we do X instead of walking 20 miles at Zilker Park? And I'm like, thank you. I love you. You are to die for. It feels like there's so much to say on the negative side of things because it's like viewed as a negative thing. But, you know, on the flip side of all this, do you feel like, you know, you've benefited from this in any way? Is there anything that you're really proud of that you've been able to do? Honestly, for sure. I think especially with like going gluten-free, I've been a lot more aware of what I'm putting into my body and like what makes me feel good and what doesn't. I completely turned my diet around and I... I used to be, you know, a bit overweight and I managed to lose a lot of that weight and I felt a lot better physically. That's not to say that there's anything wrong with, you know, being a bigger size, but I felt better when I was putting things into my body that, you know, were making me feel good. Um, I, I have a very clean, as, as clean as a college student's diet can be. Like I eat a lot of, um, most, I found that like a diet that works well for me is things that are low in like um they're called um FODMAPs there's like a it's, it's like an autoimmune diet basically and a lot of I don't eat a lot of processed sugar I eat mostly um like more simple grains um a lot of lean protein a lot of um vegetables and I like to I kind of deviate from that by adding a lot of spices normally spices are not something that are super good on the diet but I I would rather sacrifice a little bit of tummy aches for some like bland food like I that is a no-go for me so I season it up but I do have I I I have kind of changed my diet to a way that makes me feel a lot better physically so and I feel like I'm very aware of nutrition but I'm like you know I maybe I am missing out not being able to like pound free pizza at a club meeting but like I'm very aware of like the sort of foods that I'm putting into my body and I'm having a good time. I've, I've learned how to cook. I have basically been cooking all of my own food um, after being diagnosed with celiac disease. And I'm uh, all of my friends say my cooking is really good. So shamelessly self-promoting myself here, but I love cooking and I've gotten really good at it. And it's a hobby that I've found that, you know, I probably wouldn't have enjoyed so much if I just, if I wasn't like made to do it all the time. So like, yeah, maybe I'm missing out on like Rapolo's pizza, but like I can make some really bomb food and I've learned how to cook a lot of stuff from other cultures. Cause I can't like most Asian food is off the table with soy sauce. And I've learned how to make some really incredible, like Korean, Japanese, Chinese food, a lot of foods that are kind of more authentic quote-unquote like traditional style because I can't really eat those in restaurants but if I see something like a couple months ago I made um homemade Chinese soup dumplings because I was just like I've always wanted to try these but I can't order them at a restaurant and you know what they turned out awesome so wow that's such a positive result out of a not great situation it's definitely something where like I've kind of had to see the brights like the I guess the glass half full sort of side of it because I'm like yeah I can't really eat any of these like cheap fast food the the money thing is definitely a big one because gluten-free is expensive when you are a broke college student but you know I found things that work that are pretty cheap chicken and rice staple foods right there so um, I've kind of had to make that a positive and see you know I'm getting better at cooking I'm doing all of these things to kind of take care of myself and that's just kind of been my my big thing with it. Well, 
I'm glad that it's making you do some self-care because you said that doesn't always exist. So um, I'm going to wrap things up now and I'm going to ask my last question, which I'm going to be asking all guests on the podcast. <laughs> so, um, so metaphorically, what color is your heart today and why? You know, I think my heart today would probably be yellow. I feel surprisingly upbeat for talking about a subject that has been like, you know, derailing my life since like my early years. But you know what? I've, I've seen a lot of positives to it. I'm, I'm feeling good today, feeling good about sharing my experiences. Hopefully other chronically ill people can also relate to these experiences as well. I also have had a decent amount of caffeine to keep me perky today and I've been productive all around. So I think today's a very yellow good vibes kind of day on my end. So that's great to hear. Thank you so much. Is there anything you want to add or anything you want to plug? So I actually have a gluten-free cooking Instagram. So if you want to follow that, it is at Sophie Sands Gluten, S-O-F-I. Please follow me. I don't post too much, but I love cooking and I love sharing my awesome recipes with y'all. So hit me up there or at Sophia Swearcon on Instagram. Thanks for listening today. Questions by Neil and Bora, album art by Kaylee Polk, and music by Wix Tracks. Follow us on at HeartColorToday on Twitter and Instagram.